0: hi i'm old man saxon and this is rebel radio or something like that <laughs> rebel radio old man saxon fuck you josh tight that felt way more natural <laughs>
1: what's up this is rebel radio what up what up this is dj newmark <laughs> this is Peanut Butterwolf. wolf it's your boy it's okay keep checking out rebel radio rebel radio this is rebel radio Ooh. we're in the
0: place right here ah. rebel radio is going down would you say Rebel radio oh wait let's do it again
2: Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. We're now back to our regular scheduled program after uh, three weeks of bringing you live episodes recorded, well, recorded live at Coachella. Uh, If you didn't hear those, make sure you go back and listen to them. They're a little bit short, but I think they're really fun to do some interviews on the field. Uh, And now we're back with... This week's guest is old man Saxon. Shout out to Clint Schaff, the homie who um, put me up on Saxon and, and connected me with him. Saxon, if you don't know, is uh, he's got a great TED talk out about his experience living in his car for a year while he was um, working on his music. He, and he, he raps about being homeless. And um, this dude definitely keeps it real. We get into some interesting topics. We talk about the Bow Wow Challenge uh the fire festival we get real topical this week on rebel radio and we get some great lessons from old man saxon and how to be vulnerable uh how people get caught up obsessed with money uh how we as music fans are obsessed with authenticity all kind of fun stuff on rebel radio this week right after our edm.com track of the week
1: The path I took ain't in a Gladwell book. I did it for the love shit. I know how them rap sales look. And a couple people try to tell me, nah, don't do it. That's drama. You'll be stuck in the with that don't buy music. Other homies say enjoy the ride. My life is organized. I'm backstage slugging corn liquor, bitch. I'm mortified. You still got dreams of playing the garden. But I'm crashing at Penn Station, Madison Square's basement. Live from New York, just ripped a set at the Gansevoort. In and out of airports, off the fan support. Back when I was proud to be a backpack rapper. Till my fucking landlord saw my jams pour And sharks told me I was dead in the water Till I spit that shit, that leave jaws dead in the water Now I'd rather be myself and keep my message in order I realized that shit at a session in Georgia. Never listen to a yes man. And don't stop chasing your dreams until they completed. Dress pants, cause it's hell when you're trying to make a manifest. So many laid to rest that I wish I could resurrect. Uh, so now I cherish every breath. Cause the good don't die young, only the very best. Simone took her own life trying to handle stress. The last time I
2: seen it, it was somewhere in the LES. Yo, that was our EDM.com track of the week. That was Dunson. With 10,000 hours, when's the last time you heard somebody rapping about Malcolm Gladwell? I like it. That was on the hip hop channel. Go to soundcloudcom hip hop for more, just like that. Right now, let's get into the interview with Old Man Saxon. Things, but, uh, right. but, yeah, I just learned, you know, about you from Clint. And right. He's, like, good at putting me up on stuff. Right. Hell yeah. So, um, and then, you know, just checking out everything online. I'm excited to talk to you and, right. and get into it. I want to, um, you know, what we like to do is kind of get into your your journey, you know, your story of how it's all happened for you. But, um, but I think, like, what you're, like, uh this conversation is so timely with everything that's happening right yeah. now and you know specifically like i think about the fire festival mm. i think about um uh bow wow yeah and like i you know i don't know but like i'm fascinated with that stuff i'm fascinated that people would give ja rule money up for something <laughs> um
0: he's taking most of the blame for this just because he put his face to it but that's the thing right yeah. and it,
2: and of course it's not all his fault wow. and, and,
0: and he really had nothing to do no, with it
2: really but. but but i think you know what it stands out to me is that um we're obsessed we i think we're obsessed with authenticity absolutely at least feeling like things are authentic mhm and we're obsessed with money oh yeah and that's not new but we have a we have a president who's except besides the fact that he's a lunatic and he appeals <laughs> to other lunatics very much so i'm sorry if you're a trump supporter yeah, I mean, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know but like t- like the the rational argument for why he should be president is because he's rich yep yep right and nobody really seemed no no one wanted to even really understand is he that rich no. as he claims but you 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 have that stunting type of thing. Like For
0: sure. Uh, my girlfriend has a concept of Trump the rapper because he's kind of yeah. like that guy. You yeah, know, yeah. he just stunting and got his name on everything. Exactly. And especially like now where we do have like Instagram, like uh, I don't know the new feature. It's not like not Instagram live, but it has like a Snapchat type of yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah. And I follow a bunch of rappers. Yeah. And it's twenty four seven stunting now. It's yeah. like yeah. all the time. Like if you go on Instagram Offset from me goes always showing his chains, for sure. and it's also the thing where I don't, I don't want to be this rapper who's like, oh, the game is just wrong now, but because it's it's not, it's yeah. it's evolved. Yeah. But I think one thing that we all have to kind of keep in mind is how much times have changed to right now. Mm-hmm. We have rappers who are blowing up who have were born with the internet yeah. as it is now, yeah, yeah. and it's like the fact that you're getting all this information. And you're always able to put yourself out there. It's 24-7 stunting. And yeah. it's something we're just going to have to get used to at this point because <laughs> yeah. people will stunt.
2: That's the thing. And, and you know, so I go back to, like, Fire Festival. Yeah, Ja Rule gets the blame. But but the reality is people were spending a ridiculous amount of money to try to go show yeah. how much money they have. Yeah. And hang out with people that pretend like they have a lot of money, these models or whatever. Who get hooked up with free stuff, right? And and it, it's really about that. I don't even know if I want to call it greed, right? But it's that obsession.
0: Yeah. And then yeah, it, it, what's crazy about that too is people are paying like twelve thousand dollars to go to the Bahamas. Yeah. And Bahamas is like dirt cheap. Yeah. Like you don't. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so course. it just shows like I'm paying. Of uh, you're about to watch me stunt in like right. the most the cheapest place you possibly can. Yeah. But yeah, it's um. Once again, I don't. Blame anyone for like putting money in to do that, or if you want to, if you have it, you know, you use it. But yeah, we're definitely getting to a time where the idea, I mean, no, fuck, it's not even this time, it's always been the idea of having money means you have something, you have things, like even if it's not like, even if it's not just like physical things, you are able to do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And I think from my standpoint, when I was writing this album, was to be like, okay, um, most art comes from a dark place and and most great art comes from mm-hmm. dark places. And it was just like, what can I do to kind of put my stamp on this hip-hop game, but almost and also juxtapose exactly what's going on. Yeah. And when I decided to like sit in my car, I was or sleep in my car for that year. I wasn't listening to any rap. I wasn't Mm. listening to anything else, just my beats and just writing and writing. And I think that is something that really helped me during that time was not kind of getting, I don't want to say like, not getting too used to like hearing other people rap about things because you do absorb some of of that. And I have this thing like retired rap lines where, it's just constantly used, and you don't. And I have to believe it's because it's used so much that it's just ingrained yeah, in people. Sure. And like, yeah, you know, sure. ice on my chain. You know, it's just like French Montana's the the uh, captain of retired rap line. <laughs> Hit it from the back. Hit it from the front. It's like, yeah, okay, I've heard that before.
2: So, <laughs> how'd you first? Let's let's go back. Let's get into you and and kind of go back to the beginning. Um, well, first of all, do you remember your when you first fell in love with music? <sighs>
0: Wow. Yes. I would say um, pretty much because I had a big brother six years older than me, whatever he listened to was what I thought was cool.
2: What was that first record?
0: (laughs) Honestly, I would say the first real time I was like listening to music, I was like, oh, I get it, was probably X-Rated.
1: You have a collect call from X-Motherfucking-Rated. An inmate at Sacramento County Jail. If you do not wish to accept this call, please hang up now. To accept the call, press zero. Thank you for using Pacific Bell. Go ahead with your call. Check that I don't
0: know if you know who X Ray is. Sacramento uh-huh. rapper who okay. raps. Oh, he's in jail for murder. Yeah, um, he was like the first Bobby Schmurder, where like they heard his raps and were like, "Oh, that's a coincidence." We're gonna arrest you because that actually happened. Is that right? Yeah, so he's in oh, jail sure. for murder, and he raps yeah. all over the phone. Yeah, and I just thought something about that too. Now that I'm even t- thinking about it, it's that concept of. Being in, like, a whole different place from everyone else, but still, like, being able to get your music out. Yeah. And he was a really good storyteller. X-rated Sacramento. Yeah, I, I love him. Nice. Um, and the first record I ever bought was DMX, Flesh in My Flesh, Blood in My Blood. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but
2: I, I he, love You know, music. he he had a moment.
0: DM, he had one of the best runs, yeah. actually, in hip-hop. I think mean, he had For one sure. year where he had two Platinum selling out. Is that right? one year yeah it's it had that's like that doesn't happen so yeah yeah, DMX was the shit not just the shit he was the shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) for sure
2: so um and then how'd you get into what made you want to start making music
0: um I had all right well there's two answers that what made me start like actually rapping and doing music was in middle school we would have these battle raps at lunch and I was just like I would that sounds fun and there were people middle schools were betting money on it right. i just till this day i'm like where did y'all get money <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um but what made me start um making music was during those times where i was just rapping and playing around a lot of people were telling me i was good at it and i couldn't just kind of like throw that to the side and if enough people tell you you're yeah good you know it's
2: do you remember the first time you got up and battled
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember it always. His name was Josh Johnson. I was in excuse me. Excuse me. I was in 7th grade um and he was battling people and before that I was like I used to write down lyrics of like E40 X-Ray just to like see exactly what they were saying and be uh-huh. able to listen to the song. So I remember writing it and then rapping their lyrics and then he uh, <laughs> You know, he was battling someone, and I was like, all right, you know, I'll try. I'll do it, fellas. And <laughs> I, I he, he killed me the first time. Yeah. And I remember...
2: What was that feeling?
0: Uh, it was embarrassing. It was super embarrassing. Um, but also, I mean, that was, like, the first time when you're at that age where you're, like, really hyper-aware of, like, everyone and what they're thinking of you. And I was just like, oh, that's some bullshit. So I remember going home <laughs> the next day and writing just shit writing uh-huh. shit for him yeah and i cheated but i won so <laughs> right. I, I remember going back and i killed him yeah and then that was kind of the thing where like every other week at lunch we would just battle me and him me and him and he definitely started like me getting into rap so
2: um yeah and then and then at what point did you start thinking that this was a career?
0: Okay, yeah. So um, I would say, so if I started rapping when I was 12, I didn't think about doing it uh, as a profession until I got out to LA. And even when I got out to LA, it wasn't like I moved to LA to become a rapper. Mm. But.
2: Um, what were you thinking you were gonna do? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I came out here and I got a game or a, a job testing video games. Oh, yeah. It was the worst thing. It was one of the worst things ever. That seems like... I don't play video games anymore. okay. And it's because... Think about... So I liked video games, but I didn't love them. But think about whenever you make something a job, especially something like that, where it's super tedious. I remember when I quit, we were testing a game uh, called... It's on the PS Vita called Silent Hill Book of Memories. It's like an overhead... Regardless... It had 500 levels on it, and each level took about between 20 to 40 minutes to do. So we would have to play all day, staring at the screen. This game, and the second we found a bug, something that made the game break, we'd have to write a report. Yeah, they send it to the developers. So let's say you get to there's a bug in level 200. They send it to the developers. They fix it. They send you a new build, and you have to start from level one Mm -hmm. and play to 200 again. Mm -hmm. And it was just like. No, nah, I can't do this anymore. And then I'd get home, my roommate'd be like, hey, you wanna play uh, Madden? No, don't ask me any, cause it's work. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that was miserable. That yeah. shit was horrible. That's funny. Yeah. And there would always be a time, cause when, I did have coworkers that did love video, they loved that shit. So there would always be a time throughout the day, at least once, or I would have to, I'd listen to their conversation and I would have to decipher between if they were talking about real life mm-hmm. or a video mm-hmm. game. And I remember that like freaking me out cuz he was like, "Yeah, man, uh me and her got into a fight last night." I was like, "Oh, you and your girlfriend?" Then I pulled out the sword of destiny and cut her <laughs> head. I am like, "Oh, okay, man. Like <laughs> I have to I have to go." Wow. It yeah. was just too like yeah,
2: not in reality. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. Yeah. That's but, funny. Hey, check this out, this week and really all summer long, Rebel Radio is brought to you by Blue Apron. Uh, we've been using it for the last month or so and we love it. By we, I mean Christy has been cooking up some of the great recipes delivered by Blue Apron while I've been uh, sitting there on the couch doing nothing. It's easy, it takes her 40 minutes or less. I sit there with a stopwatch and timer and um, the food's been great the uh, recipes are really flexible we haven't had the same meal twice Christy's is allergic to shrimp so we selected no seafood and de whoop it all works out um if you don't know blue apron it's the number one fresh ingredient and delivery service recipe delivery service so they're they're giving you the recipes and the food to make it everything is portioned out pre-prepared all you got to do is um chop it up and cook it and eat it they're making incredible home cooking accessible to anyone, even you. Check out this week's menu and you'll get your first three meals for free with free shipping just because you listen to Rebel Radio by going to blueapron.com rebel. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait, do it now. That's blueapron.com slash rebel. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. So were you still were you still trying to make music at that time? A little bit. Yeah.
0: Um but you do realize like when you do have nine hours out of your day dedicated to going somewhere, yeah. um you you know kind of lose that excitement for it when you not even nine hours and you gotta get it. It was in it's a commute also, so yeah. it's up ten, eleven hours. And, yeah, it wasn't I didn't have that fire to write and do shit like that, so I decided I did quit that job uh-huh. and that's when it kind of was like, "All right, let me just make music my job, mm-hmm. and with that being said, almost contradicting myself about when something is your job, how it's like it takes a little bit out of it, but when you really, really love shit, like I like playing video games, I love making music, so. Mm-hmm. When that happened, it was like, okay, like I, I can do this, like I can really do this. Um, but yeah, it once I quit that job, it was, it was just writing, 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 writing. And I also tried to start making beats, but it it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is hard, dude. Yeah. Making beats is super difficult. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: fuck with that. So then. Um... What was the like? I don't know. What, what, was there like signs of success that made you feel like?
0: No. Um, and this is so that's something that is pretty interesting because um, I have students now that like they take private lessons, and the best students are the ones that are like down on themselves a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? Like maybe I can't do this, you know? Like maybe like what can I do to get better? And like that's. Where I was at I was in the point where it was like no one's fucking with my shit like what can I do to get better? Yeah, the students that are like Delusional are the ones that are the worst. So I'm not gonna lie and say during that time that I had signs of success Because I I didn't at all like I was putting You know like the couple of people that would like it were my friends. It wasn't any like stranger Mm -hmm. So,
2: Mm -hmm. um, and what was it? And what was it? Was it the same? Was uh was was it the same kind of music that you're making now nope
0: not even close right. and that's that's uh amazing feeling too because i i put up on my soundcloud i still have some of the first music i ever made mm-hmm. on there just so i can personally see my evolution of it um i was talking about you know rapper shit. like i i tell people all the time don't don't try to be a rapper because then that's what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk right. about, you know, fucking bitches, making money, making it rain. Try to be you as a rapper. Mm. That's a completely different thing. Yeah. Because everyone just wants to be a rapper. That What they show as rappers is, you know, awesome. Like, fuck, yeah, I want to go spin like, travel right. the world and yeah. touch big butts. But, like, yeah, I, I was definitely just super down about it, uh, about, like, no one fucking with my shit.
2: And that definitely just helped me figure out where i needed to go. So, can you walk me through that process like cuz some people would give up. Yeah. Some people would uh, you know, i've met a lot of aspiring musicians who blame everybody else. Mhm. It's like, well, my shit is dope. Yep. so it's something <laughs> politics or yep. it's the, this and that, yeah. right, right. That's that's really common. So, what do you think th- give me that process that what did you do? To take that feedback that was coming in the form of no success, right? And change your approach.
0: So what I did is something that I feel like a lot of people will have uh, trouble with is listening to that feedback and really being able to know you as an artist exactly what to take in and what not. Of course, there's going to be people who are just like, oh, fuck you. And like, all right, well, fuck me. But there's people who are like, oh, you... You're talking about how much money you have. Like, you. I know you don't have that money. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like you were saying, authenticity, especially in hip-hop, you cannot break that rule. So even if there is a little bit of falsehood in it, the audience just, like, knows it. They just know what you're doing. So I literally was listening to that feedback and trying to figure out what to do to make it better. Because it's not... I think a lot of people will attribute that to just, like, all oh, haters, 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 haters. But where I'm at now, if you're just kind of being real to yourself, uh, the most, and that's the thing about this, like, my story comes with a lot of cliches. Like, you just got to buckle down and work hard and be true to yourself. But it's, like, it's real shit. Like, <laughs> the more I was just like, all right, let me just talk about what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And it started from something as simple as, you know, um... My, my girl was trying to break up with me. And in the most simple cadence, most simple form. But I think getting that out of the way of being like, all right, well, let me be truthful in my shit, kind of took all the pressure off of the content and put it onto the quality of it. Because, mm-hmm. like, content's taken care of. That's mm-hmm. real shit. You do, you know, digest it how you want. And then it was like, okay, so how do I get better about telling it? So to answer your question, pretty much listen to what people say. And with that being said, also don't give a fuck. <laughs> like it's it's right. weird. It's a weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's
2: true. It's like, so are you con- like because there's a balance, right? Yeah. Are you conscious of that, uh, of where you are in that balance? Um, in what way? You're like, saying? like you gotta like like the right answer is like you said, kind of listen, mm-hmm. but also don't listen. Okay, so yeah.
0: Right? Um, and I think that really goes into once you get comfortable with yourself, knowing what works for you. Because it's also, like, when I'm doing that old shit about, you know, throwing money in the air and everything, it doesn't feel right to me. So there's something in there, like, uh... And then when someone acknowledges it, you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. So now I'm at a point where, um... I have people who like my shit, and I have some people that say certain things that, like, could make it better, like, um... Actually, pretty much, a lot of people fuck with me. Mm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something like that. Like, one dude was, like, "Uh, the, the last video was like, oh, it's it got a little too weird for me. You know, that's fine. Like, that's... I'm not... I hear what you're saying, but right. that's for you. Yeah. So, is when you're comfortable with what you're making at a time, it's like, you know what to take in and whatnot.
2: Right. You know? But I think what's so hard, you know, and, and like, I use the Bow Wow example, and it's like... If You know, if he hadn't gotten caught... Yeah.
0: That he'd be fine. Well, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about <laughs> yeah, it, but
2: but, but I'm saying, like, then, you know, his... Uh, the feedback that he would have gotten would have reinforced that. Of uh, just like, oh,
0: damn, ball. Yeah, like,
2: yeah, oh, shit, yeah. 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 Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, and he would have got, you know, a, a, a few thousand likes on that yep. post and whatever. Yeah. And it's just more encouragement yeah right because i think to you, like i think that's what you know that's what people want now people also want to shit on you yeah when they feel there's an opportunity to do that and yeah. that's what's happening to him and i think it's you know he's in some ways he's like unfairly singled out but oh yeah he got caught and oh, yeah. that's the price of of celebrity yeah
0: and i guess that's the thing too is that the audience is kind of there's some base heads also because you see these videos and and like all the women and a lot of people take that for face value. Right. So I really I I don't see it's a very thin line between like I don't see the difference between young thug making a video with all these women and cars and right, all this. Who are models. Yeah, and Bow Wow lying about uh jet posts. Yeah it's
2: all ridiculous yeah. <laughs> it's all ridiculous yeah. so but we have this thing from especially rappers i think you know to some extent other people too but but especially rappers that we expect them to be telling the truth mm-hmm. which i think is a unfair and rappers have created that for themselves yeah. too True. you know by 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 telling us that they're telling the truth yeah. when they're not you yeah. know what i mean and I mean, you know, when I was coming up, like if you were pretending to be a gangster, That's... like that was the end of your, yeah, your career, much. right? Absolutely. But but I would say ninety nine percent of gangster rappers were pretending to be gangsters. They might have had a yep. cousin, yeah. or they might have grown up in that neighborhood. Yep. But you were probably not gang banging and also on tour.
0: Absolutely no.
2: It's unlikely. No. <laughs> <You know what laughs> Absolutely. I mean?
0: Yeah, it's it is weird because rappers were. Like, I was watching a Katy Perry video, uh, Chain to the Rhythm, right? And the video is her, like, at an amusement park with all this stuff on, and she's weird, and she's riding a roller coaster. Awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, When you look at a rapper's video, it's not something that is unattainable. It's like, it's not them in the future doing crazy shit. Right. It's them outside of their old house holding guns in the air and shit. So it's (laughs) like yeah like that seems like that can be real right so i think we as rappers kind of put that on ourselves of being of not being so out there that people just are they can't believe it um yeah it's what we choose to put out
2: there but i want to but you know talk about the responsibility of the fans right because you know it's the same thing whether you know whether it's bow wow or trump or fire festival right it all comes down to what do we accept as fans yeah.
0: yeah um so they fans definitely have a big part of this because um when and to get a little deeper it's how we especially in hip-hop which is like a black male oriented genre how we see the black male as a whole you know so We like to be just comfortable with our categories and shit. So when the audience sees a black male holding guns and throwing money in the air and doing all this, it's to an extent they're comfortable with that. Sure. You know? So yeah, fuck the audience (laughs) because they are a big part of that. Yeah. So. What I what I do if you see my last video I'm dressed up in a turtle suit you know that's something that I don't want that's like that Katy Perry type like that's out there like he's not a turtle unless people think I'm a turtle but (laughs) people will believe that uh, black people you know drive black people with money get gold teeth and ride around in Lamborghinis shooting out the air so yeah I mean it's everybody's at fault (laughs) literally everyone's at fault for their portrayal of this genre
2: for sure it's funny you say that i mean i i've uh I've always felt like the the complete mainstream you know hip-hop becoming completely mainstream is in a lot of ways tied to eminem m mm, explain Um. Well, I. You know, I was. You're saying like the white
0: rapper that's kind of like that kind of got it to everybody. Yeah. Damn. Okay. And
2: and hip hop was big before that. Yeah. But it's not. But the way it is today. Yeah. Right. And I feel like he opened that door. I remember. You know, I I was there and I was not particularly a like. I have trouble fucking with white rappers. (laughs) (laughs) And I.
0: I have a lot of friends. I I
2: can't fully explain it, but I. You know, but there's voice
0: like you like that's what all of my friends think say is like you can just tell immediately. Yeah. I don't know. I,
2: you know. I don't know. There's <laughs> there, there's something that just doesn't it doesn't work for me. I understand. And um but I I remember feeling like you know, he changed people's perception of what it meant to be a rapper. Yeah. Because before that, you used to think that you had to be um from a certain place yeah. or grown up a certain way or of a certain ethnicity or like you, it felt like there were rules, like these people can be rappers and these people can't. And I think for Eminem and then more importantly for the generation behind him. Yeah. Like that that definition started to change.
0: Okay. No, I I could absolutely understand what you're saying. Um, Cause there were white rappers before Eminem, of course. but not to that. But not that big. Yeah. Right? um, Not to that magnitude at all. Um. So, I mean, no, that's actually a, that's a pretty good point, especially after him. Like, everyone was... Yeah. Kid Rock was, <laughs> like, doing shit. Totally. Um, yeah. And with that being said, I do want to say, I mean, I'm, it's crazy that he could... You could easily argue he's the best rapper of
2: all time. Oh, he's incredibly talented, right? Like, I'm not... Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. For sure.
0: It's like some random, like, white dude from Detroit. Could, like, you would definitely argue. But he's a dude, but, you know, but he grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm.
2: And he grew up living that rap life. Yep. Right? And so and that's part of what I think is so interesting about it is it was true for him. Yeah. Like the sh- I mean talk about writing your truth. Like yeah. he was telling you about his marital troubles yep. and, absolutely. and what it's like being a father and absolutely. you know all the shit that uh, you know very much like like you that other people weren't talking about or were trying to maybe yeah. hide.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? And so he was a real rapper. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe one of the best to ever do it. But it's the guys behind him. Yeah. Who grew up in the suburbs, who could then see themselves so, in that in a way they couldn't see themselves in DMX.
0: I think <clears throat> no, that's a good point. With uh, Eminem was in Detroit, you know, he's an eight mile. He did have that uh, experience, and I think also what happened after him was people definitely started seeing hip hop as a culture and something that was. I mean, once we get MTV and you know, all these things, yeah. where you can kind of take that in really fast people could just say they're a part of the culture and hip-hop is like leaked into mainstream culture so much i was watching um uh, some like trump thing i don't remember but in the back there was like a graph and it said like shady practices like shady like that is like (laughs) that's like a hip-hop tournament that's in the white house and shit yeah so (laughs) um yeah i i think After him, there were these kids from the suburbs and, you know, that were being able to rap. But I think that is more of a call to how big hip hop is in general. So I have nothing wrong with like that uh, subgroup of people, you know, getting into the culture because, I mean, hip hop is a powerful thing. It's everywhere.
2: It's Mm -hmm. an oval office right Mm -hmm. now. So,
0: yeah. It's
2: crazy. Yeah. So so, talk about. Living in your car. it was cool. It was, it was like, so the first, I was there for
0: 13 months, just driving around, finding places to sleep. The first two, first four months probably were miserable because, like, I didn't get it. I didn't get what I needed to do to be, for lack of a better term, comfortable. And I started figuring out where to sleep because it's L.A., like, I was trying to sleep in like Koreatown, mm-hmm. like the crazy spots and shit, where like other people were sleeping in their car. Right. But that was a horrible idea. <laughs> right. was horrible. My car got broken into while I was sleeping in the back twice. Oh shit. Two times. I'm passed out in the back of my car and I hear, doom, it's the door closed. And I look up and I look in the back and there's just like a, a SUV shining its lights behind me. And I was like, okay. I just went back to sleep <laughs> because I was like, none of this, none of that could have happened. Mm-hmm. So I just went back to sleep. Uh, woke up again. I heard, doom. Look up. Same car behind me. Okay. Drives, pulls away. I, <laughs> I was like, I have to move now. So I go, drive to like another street, start patting my pockets. Oh, my, my wallet's gone. All right, so what the fuck do I need to do? What was that last thump that I heard on my car? I drive back. They threw my wallet back because they probably saw me in the back seat. Yeah. No money, took all right. my money. Yeah, but at least like left my damn ID and shit, so I could like live. Yeah. Second time, funny. This, this is still the funniest story to me. I wake up in the morning, can't find my phone. Fuck. There's a dude pushing a cart. I was like, I saw him last night. I get out. Hey, sir. Um, did you see anyone go in my car last night? No, I didn't see anyone in your car. The fuck is no, wait, what? Did, no, I'm just asking, did you see anyone in my car? Man, fuck, man, you better get the fuck away from me. Sir, oh no, someone in my car. Yeah, I stole it, sold it for drugs. Sir, <laughs> 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 what did you just say? Did you steal my phone and sell it for drugs? Man, you better get the fuck away from me. So it keeps going. Sir, did you steal my phone? Sir, did you steal my phone? If I'm lying, I'm dying. He sits down on the sidewalk. Gets a piece of chalk and starts writing, did you steal my phone? (laughs) I look down at the sidewalk. There's hundreds of sentences that he has written on this sidewalk. I was like, this is your area. So (laughs) I'm going to leave now. That's
2: your your toll. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you're in my place now.
0: So that was terrifying. It was like some paranormal shit. Um, But once I got used to it, it was awesome. Like... I didn't need shit. I didn't need anything except music and a pillow and, like, a pen. That was all I
2: needed. What was the... What was... How did you make that decision? I was
0: broke. I didn't want to... I was always living with other people, so I was, in a way, always having to go by what they were doing in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And that was affecting my music. So that's that's the next step now. First it was my job. Now it's people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to, like, fuck. I I had people that were like, no, yeah, you can come live with me. I don't, fuck that. I would have to sleep on their couch in the living room, wake up when they wake up, just a bunch of bullshit. So I was literally just like, I'm going to be by myself for a little bit. And honestly, one of the best times is not, having to fuck with people, <laughs> like I'm a, I'm an introvert, like deep down, I'm right. an introvert. and yeah. I'm at home, I'm the most comfortable. But like, I was always at home and I was always by myself. And I was also out in the world. Mm-hmm. And those three things were just so calming in like every aspect. Once people weren't breaking into my car, <laughs> But after that shit, it was tight.
2: So what do you think the biggest lesson that you took from that experience?
0: Um, one of the things and I heard this on the radio while I was in my car so some I don't remember who but he said "Um, if you don't like being with yourself then you're not in the right company mm-hmm. and once I like got to just do me 24-7 I just became I just realized I wasn't necessarily that comfortable with myself in the beginning mm-hmm. and now I'm in a place where, like, having to, having gone through all that, I'm more comfortable with myself and around people, like, way more. Because I'm just willing to be who I am. And if mm. you like me, you know, fuck you. Another cliche. Um, so, yeah, that was it. That was, like, the main thing of being, like... And then also, working at what you want to do.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, really working at what you want to do. I know now that when I was trying to make music at the beginning that wouldn't have worked I wasn't taking it seriously so yeah those definitely were the main things of just being like being comfortable with myself and working on my terms
2: so so I know now you teach and I want to talk a little bit about that um but you you teach rap which I think is fascinating ridiculous yeah (laughs) Um, uh but how how do you teach people like you've suffered for your art yeah and I think you know, this is some old man shit, right? But, but it, it there's a there's a value to that, and and maybe even, uh, it's maybe even necessary, mm-hmm. right, to do that. But, in a lot of ways, you don't have to do that, right? You don't, you know, especially if you come from a certain, you know, the if you have certain means, right, yep. you can get uh, some software real easily, mm-hmm. and you can be a rapper tonight. Yeah and a YouTube star tomorrow, right? Like, so, uh, you know, so maybe you don't have to suffer. So, so how do you teach people the value of that?
0: I think everyone in some way, shape or form has suffered. And I don't think it's so straightforward as in you had to live in your car or something. Mm -hmm. I think even like the richest people with some of the, you know, with access to the most things have suffered in some way and um a lot of the times in my private lessons in rap class I mean these people these are kids that have their parents paying for them to go to school so they're probably not you know struggling that much I ask them what is something that you don't want to talk about and just that alone means that's something inside of you that you're like okay well I had one kid who was, I don't even want to talk about everything he was going through, but by the end of the session, he was crying mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, well, that's nuts. So talk about what you don't want to and because even to some extent, that's suffering. Yeah. Like you have something that you <laughs> needs to be said that you can't say it. That's suffering
2: right there. Who does that when you think about your heroes or your influences? Who, who does that really well in music?
0: That uh, talks about
2: that, like just goes into you know the, the bears bears their soul.
0: I would say Eminem actually. Mm-hmm. I would really say
1: Thanks. Eminem. I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left myself, my pager, and my home phone at the bottom. I sent two letters back in autumn. You must not have got them. There probably was a problem at the post office or something. Sometimes I scribble the addresses too sloppy when I jot them. But anyways, what's been up, man? How's your daughter? My girlfriend's pregnant too. I'm about to be a father. If I have a daughter, guess what I'm gonna call her? I'm to name her Bonnie. I read about your uncle Ronnie too. I'm sorry. I had a friend myself. Um, and you summer. even think
0: about the story Stan you know it's one of the craziest stories told in hip-hop nowadays it's Kanye but Kanye's kind of lost what he's complaining about not getting millions of dollars for a deal in a fashion show and it's like okay you know but that's suffering for him
2: now. <laughs> it's I, crazy. I mean, we could, do a, I, we could do a whole thing. like We um, could do a whole show on Kanye. am trying because, to teach
0: a class on Kanye. I yeah, really want
2: I, to. Well, he's like half Trump and half the best rapper ever. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. People, I think people overlook how good he is
0: as a lyricist, too. Kanye's yeah. dope.
2: Producer-wise.
0: He's one of the best. One of the best ever.
2: Yeah, but he's such a lunatic yeah. and an asshole that it's like... That, I don't know. I mean... It, you know, you have to wonder how much those things go hand in hand. You do. You do. And that's also, that's part of
0: why I, like, started sleeping in my car in the first place is seeing these, the the story of people that have gone from that to that, yeah. uh, you know, nothing quote unquote to yeah. something, um, and even the people that are crazy and you know kind of make their this status for themselves mm-hmm. and i personally didn't think i was crazy so i was like oh well, let me see what actually goes into why this works steve harvey was home was like i did a lot of uh, stories siddhartha who was like you know yeah. left everything to try to find himself cliche and like really found a lot uh a deeper meaning to everything behind that so kanye is Absolutely crazy, and he's a genius, and I don't think, maybe people should go
2: crazy. <laughs> maybe they just... I mean, I think there's also a lot of crazy people who aren't geniuses, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. So maybe first know that you're a genius, then go yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> what'd you learn about homelessness? Um,
0: Everyone's homeless. <laughs> like everyone, it's not even like hyperbole, everyone is homeless. Like, there was so many people sleeping in their cars yeah. that I saw every single day. I would go to this park, Barnesdall Park up in Silver Lake, mm-hmm. and just sit there, and I'd see the same people from the night before just chilling in their car. Old dude with like, like, super old, he has to be still living in his car. Actually, no, I know he's still living in his car. He has to been living in his car for over 10 years or something because he was just super used to it, super yeah. content. And I also think that there's the stigma that when you think of a homeless person, you see a student on the freeway holding a sign mm-hmm. and everything. But I think that's kind of selling short the problem of homelessness in general. Like there's so many people that are homeless. And yeah. then with that being said, it's something that I learned while, while this was happening is the term homeless is so like ridiculous and a, we are de we're defined by what you don't have right. like you're homeless and that's it that's yeah. all you are yeah, you don't sure. have a car you're not carless or anything right. like we our pressure to own property is intense where it's like yeah For sure you don't have a home so that's something else that i realize it's we kind of separate these people so intensely that it's you, you create this visualization of them when they are just normal-ass people who don't s- sleep inside. Right. And that's what I realized, too. It was like, I'm Saxon still. I just don't sleep in a bed. And mm-hmm. People, I think a lot of people would benefit from just talking to someone who is experiencing homelessness, as people say. Sure. So, yeah, I, it completely turned... Because I remember when I, first, when I was really young, um, <laughs> I used to think the term "homelessness" because my like, family would always say, "Oh yeah, you' sleeping on the street." I used to think they actually slept in the middle of the street right. <laughs> like thats sure. really like, like, that gets
2: ingrained in your brain. Which some people do, right but oh yeah but, but, <laughs> but, but I think it, you know that's one of those things similar to other stuff we're talking about that like is just largely misunderstood mm-hmm. and that we look for a very simple definition a very simple answer right and we have this mental picture of you know somebody that's on drugs or somebody that's mentally ill and and obviously that's true sometimes also very true and sometimes not absolutely um so what made you want to teach okay so what's funny is
0: i've always wanted to be a teacher um and i never wanted to deal with kids like so, <laughs> it was like a weird thing, right. where like I could have probably tied in the middle school, right. but those are the worst. Middle school kids are the worst. For Sure. And so what happened one day was my friend who works at the Music Music Institute, he's a bass instructor. He um, hit me up one day. He's like, they said they need someone to teach rap, and I sent them all this stuff and everything. And so I was like, all right, you can you can teach rap. And I just remember thinking like how shit just works out like that because I've always wanted to be a teacher and I, but I didn't want to teach kids about, you know, state capitals and shit. So now I'm like doing exactly, yeah. exactly what I want. So yeah, but that's, it's a weird job. It's a really weird job because I have to constantly tell people that you know, Tupac didn't have a rap teacher <laughs> and like, like, it's just, I, I can only help them so much yeah. before it's just like, all right figure it out just figure it out but the one thing that i do and i'm curious to see what you think about this because i i have to teach the history of Mm -hmm. rap right Mm -hmm. and i teach them that Mm -hmm. but i always preface it by saying it's not important damn that's deep (laughs) always i say it's not it's not necessary for you to learn and
2: i'm torn on that
0: i want to know what you think about
2: Uh, i'm torn and uh because I think you're right I think you know a lot of it is just doing what's inside you absolutely right and that, that's much more important and I think uh it's also much more important to be timely yes yes
0: yes yes right
2: that <clears throat> and again it depends on your goal true If your goal is to to make a legacy that lasts beyond you, then maybe the timeliness is less important. But yes. but to break through and to to get noticed, right, as an artist of any sort, like the being part of whatever's happening right yep. now is more important. So I, I you know in for those reasons I agree with you. <clears throat> I think um, but the context also matters. Absolutely. I think your are um, you know, I think there's some responsibility that comes with being part of a tradition that stems back decades and maybe even centuries, okay. right? Depending yeah. on your perspective. And so, um, uh, so the better you, the more aware you are of that and the more you were, and and, I'll, and presumably like you'll be a better artist having you know these certain influences okay right absolutely and allowing those things in and allowing you know understanding what what the community around you or before you considered great work yeah right so um so i think that's important too now i don't know that it's either or like what i mean is like yeah you could probably be great without the history yeah But for somebody else, that history might either inspire you or inform your process or give you which is why I
0: do always teach them that. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things is, one thing that's interesting is, it is, you're writing about what's inside of you. And I think music as a whole is so much based on your experiences that whatever you put out is going to be what what was inside of you. Yeah. So if you learn the history or not i can only i can only assume that having the history inside of your experience is going to shape how you make music from mm-hmm. then on out but if you don't just make what's inside you you know sure. so yeah. i'm always i want them to be super aware that especially with the term old heads in the hip hop game they want you to know. And if you right. don't, you it's it's crazy.
2: But that's because it means something to them, right? Absolutely. To, to us, right. Yes. To speak as one of those, right? Absolutely. It, it means something to us, but that doesn't mean it needs to mean something to a to a nineteen year old. I think, you know, there's reasons why we want it to. Right. And I and I think, you know, part of like I've said this on the show before. Um, you know, for me, being a hip hop fan is is hard work. Yeah, okay. Today. Explain oh because hip-hop sucks <laughs> mostly for, for to my to my well here's okay. why okay like here's why because um the the current you know current hip-hop has so little resemblance and so little connection to something that was such an important part of my life okay at one time okay. right and so I was I had this experience the other day I was I was sitting in my office, you know, with a kid who's 22, you know, who's a listens to whatever, Migos and all that, right? Yeah. And, like, I was playing Gangstar. <laughs> I never thought that you would crab me, undermine me and backstab
0: me but i can see clearly now the rain is gone the pain is gone but what you did was still wrong there was a few times i needed your support but you tried to play me like an indoor sport
2: like racquetball tennis pool whatever all i know is that you attempted to be clever
0: nevertheless cleverness can impress
2: and, and, and he, he walked in and i was like we didn't even have a conversation but i'm in my head i was like this doesn't even sound good to you probably not because it's it's not related, and it's thin, and it's like, you know what I mean. Prob-
0: I completely understand what you're saying,
2: and, and so I think there's a there's a longing f- for that to continue. Yeah, and it's not continuing; it's a new thing, and it, and it and it has to be a new thing. And it, you know, I could see it as like the people that grew up with silent film or with black and white film or yes. with you know these certain things that were so meaningful at a time in their lives. I think now, you know, I understand now what the Rock guys have gone through. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's
0: All right, but... So, I would say... Um, the game is just very saturated right now. And I think it's really easy to see in the mainstream, especially if you listen to the radio, that that tradition kind of isn't going on. Yeah. But I think that there... It, it's just that you have to look harder mm-hmm. to find what you used to listen to yeah for sure. but it's still being made I th- of course I think. of course and i think the the thought that hip-hop which is a pretty popular thought that it's not that good or not as good anymore is it's all subjective. it's all subjective. yeah exactly Totally. but i think that there's so many really really good hip-hop artists right now but we just as a society we're nostalgic anyway mm-hmm. so and especially for people who have music that they grew up on. Like, you'll never, there will never be anything oh, that's your shit. really. There will yeah. never be. So, yeah, I just think that we, I don't think hip-hop sucks. That's that's what I have to say. <laughs> no, I'm paraphrasing. No, I know what you mean. Yeah.
2: You know, if you didn't know, Old Man Saxon is a professor of rap at the Musician's Institute. If you're into the uh, academia of, uh, of music and culture, uh, we have a great interview back in our archives. Go back and listen to uh, one of the early ones was, was Oliver Wang. He was, uh, now he's a full professor. At the time, he was associate professor of psychology. Um, and also a DJ and a great hip hop journalist and historian and, and really sharp, sharp dude. He's also the the author of legions of boom, which is a book about Filipino DJ culture. And it was a great interview back in the rebel radio archives. You can find those on iTunes. Uh, but now let's finish up with old man Saxon. So, Okay. Um, I have a little speed round before we wrap up, and right. they're going to throw us out of here. But um, uh, I guess my, my last question before we get to that is, what's the when you when you you know you went through living in your car and you you reexamined your connection to music and, and how you're going to make music and all that. What's the goal now? Um,
0: that's deep. That's deep. A lot of things just went through my head right now. Um, I think the first thing is to kind of show my family—I have a daughter now—to show her that you can kind of make a living and be very comfortable doing things that you really like to do. And I think being able to do that is a really big—would be a really big goal for me because I could— I could, you know, work at the water department and come home, see her every once in a while and hate my life. Mm -hmm. And because that was what I was going to do Mm -hmm. in Denver. (laughs) But I think showing her that would be amazing. I think being able to grow with this new hip hop culture and kind of be a name that people champion would be a really amazing thing. And obviously to be... To leave my mark and just be great at what i do i think that's yeah that would be fucking
2: awesome so <laughs> yeah. all right um so if you can go back and give one piece of advice to yourself at 18 what would you say
0: mm, damn um be more vulnerable be way more vulnerable and just i think something that i learned way way uh past when i should have is when we, we we had this chant in Pee Wee football and it was just to do it it was to participate to do my best after i've done my best to feel and say i've done my best to play to play my best and after i've played my best to feel and say i've played my best wow and i remember getting to like 25 and being like oh that was the deepest shit that I've ever <laughs> yeah, that's deep. To feel and say yeah. that I've done my best. I think there was a lot of things happening when I was 18 that I couldn't necessarily say that. Yeah. That I was just kind of just going with it, you know, trying to be cool and shit. But that would be definitely something that I would want me you to know is when you're, the, the alignment between what you think, feel, do, and say is the craziest shit. Mm-hmm. It's like exactly how you should want
2: to live your life. Yeah, absolutely. What talent have you always wished you had more of?
0: Hmm. Um, making beats. I really wish I could make beats. Yeah. Um, it, it's always like uh, hard to explain to producers what I'm hearing in my head, and it will just never actually happen unless I make it my own. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also uh, balloon animals. I would like to <laughs> okay
2: that's probably Make good for your daughter journals, yeah <laughs> so if I worked for you on your on your team what's something I would hear you say over and over
0: <laughs> <laughs> bitch <laughs> I call all my friends bitches okay and I think once they get like once you get the bitch title you're the really? homie now, okay. cause it, and it's not like I really don't mean it in the derogatory term at all. Right. But whenever you do something stupid, it's just so much harder to explain in detail what you did. It's just way easier <laughs> to go, bitch, and that's it. They know, they know exactly. That's great.
2: So, who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work?
0: Wow, um, Jude Law. Because That means I did something right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> damn, I did some real.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, what about what movie do you think you've seen the most? Inglorious Bastards. Oh, nice!
0: Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great one, amazing movie. Yeah. I don't know every time, I mean, every scene that comes on, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I like this. Like, <laughs> every scene, and then, oh, actually, that's not true. <laughs> the movie. Friday After Next, uh-huh. because we had, like, this bootleg cable once, and it would just keep playing over and over and over again. So I saw Friday After Next, like, at least 73 times. And then Head of
2: State with Chris oh, Rock yeah, with and Chris Bernie Mac. I'm about to watch that with my son.
0: It's both really
2: great movies. Head of State is great. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I always get Friday, Next Friday, I, I always get next them, Friday, them too confused.
0: Friday, After Next is the little Christmas one.
2: Okay. With,
0: uh... Terry Crews. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's
2: ridiculous. <laughs> it's, That's it's funny. So ridiculous. That's funny. And um, do you have a favorite DJ?
1: Hmm.
0: DJ Jedi, he's works at yeah, Musician Institute. Oh, okay. And I, I that, yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. Oh, thanks for doing this, man. That was so much fun. Yeah, it was funny. I love the stories. Um, Shit, come back anytime you want to promote right. something. How, how, do we, how does everybody find you online?
0: Uh, old man, Saxon on everything. Uh, just Google me. Are you pretty
2: active on the social?
0: I still don't get it. Yeah. I don't get Twitter. Yeah. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I need a tutorial or something.
2: Well, I, I don't... I mean, I think the answer is, like, what you're already saying, which is this... like everybody's got their own you got to do what feels natural
0: absolutely
2: right and and i think the people what you should do is post pictures of yourself with like private jets because <laughs> you're getting a lot of hits on that um, I should. you're right but no i think like you know the people that do it well some do it a lot some not yeah. as much but it just like yeah. is a natural extension yeah you're really.
0: right and right now what feels natural is not doing anything yeah. so that's what sucks yeah no but that's
2: probably better than trying to force it
0: yeah but i have to i have to you have to be that person now
2: so well people want access yeah yes right yes. and they, they want content and as you said it's so saturated that, that you have to then
0: people saturate more yeah exactly people constantly i hate even having a phone because people always assume they can access you 24 7. yeah and i don't even like doing that so i'm like calling me, so I don't want
2: to have people like messaging me This is the whole thing I get it okay that was Old Man Saxon on Rebel Radio I hope you enjoyed it make sure you leave us comments on Twitter Facebook uh, wherever you want you can send us an email if you happen to know our email address um, and don't forget to check out our new YouTube page youtube.com slash net. All the socials are Rebel Radio Net. Uh, you can find us there. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.